Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our weekly CTSS Facebook Live. And today, I'm coming to you with a quiz. And remember that uh, we do this quiz. Um, it's that third Thursday, I think, of the month. And I do a quiz for our faculty every Wednesday. And these are some of the cases I actually showed yesterday. So you're going to see some terrific cases. And what I did is I picked only chest cases. So let's go get started. This patient has chest pain. And then I ask, what's the best diagnosis? Well, you see a large soft tissue mass, anterior metastinum, slightly eccentric to the left. I don't see fat. I don't see calcification. Uh, the there is no narrowing of any of the vessels. I don't see any collaterals. Uh, I don't see any adenopathy. It's only this large mass in the anterior metastinum. You can see it very nicely on the 3D views. And so I ask you, what's the mass? Well, you could think about anterior metastinum. We always know three T's and an L. Thymoma, teratoma, thymus, and lymphoma. Lymphoma can give you a large mass, though usually it's multiple masses, and you may not see them only in the anterior metastinum. Teratomas more commonly have calcification or fat, and this does not look like a thyroid, though of course we would need to scan upward into the neck, but it really doesn't look like it. So the best diagnosis in this case was a thymoma. When you do thymomas, you want to look carefully at the pleural space, make sure you're not missing any implants. Thymomas can be invasive or non-invasive, Sometimes when they're invasive, it's obvious on CT, but the invasiveness is really something determined by pathology. So that's just a really nice case. Now, the next case, also chest pain. You see a large anterior metastinal mass, in some ways similar in location and not that much difference in size compared to the other case. But the issue here is, look at the mass and relationship to the pulmonary artery. Previously, the other mass was distinctly separated from vascular structures. Here the mass looks like it's growing posteriorly and it's narrowing both the left and right, especially the left main pulmonary arteries. There's infiltration. Again, that same differential. And lymphoma is a thought. It could be lymphoma. Doesn't look like teratoma. Doesn't look like thyroid. What about um, thymus, thymoma? Well, it could be an invasive thymoma, but one thing to consider when you see infiltration of the mediastinum by a mass is a thymic carcinoma. Thymic carcinomas are more aggressive, they're often infiltrating. And Tony Lynn, who took this case yesterday, made that point. I thought this would be good for a um, thymic, car thymic um, carcinoid type tumor, a thymic cancer, and this indeed was a thymic carcinoma. So a good differential, anterior metastinum, thymic masses, but there are multiple thymic masses, right? There's a thymus, thymoma, there's a thymic carcinoma. There's also thymolipoma, which is a benign lesion, but I'm not showing you that. Another case, mediastinal widening. So now you see a large anterior or eccentric mediastinal mass. It's somewhat cystic, but has soft tissue layering out within the mass proper, right? You can see it here, very nicely shown. And I'll show it to you again. Now ignore the abdominal CT. I want to show you the abdomen here. You can see the mass, the soft tissue components in the mass, which are layering out. Well, what else could this be? Bronchogenic cyst is a good location, bronchogenic cyst, right paratracheal, right um, pericardiac region. It's a good place, but the soft tissue density, it's rare for, for um, pericardial cysts to bleed 
unless it was biopsied. But this looks like soft tissue. It looks like soft tissue, you know, masses in a sense, but they're not enhancing. Could this be a thymoma? Unlikely. Thymolipoma, I need to see fat. I don't see fat. This mass is eccentric again, that uh, duplication cyst, whether the bronchogenic cyst, the pericardial cyst, is something at least you're thinking about. But here, what else should we be thinking? Eccentric, anterior mediastinum pushing down, soft tissue and cystic teratoma. This is a great teratoma. Most teratomas are a bit more anterior mediastinum, often contain calcifications, often contain fat, can enhance, but a cystic mass with soft tissue density could be a teratoma. Teratomas can be very large, they can be eccentric, and this is just a beautiful example of a teratoma. Now what about this case, and a cough? Well, if you look, there's a mass that's probably enhancing, there's some calcifications in it, pushing by the uh, esophagus and uh, trachea, what could this be? It could be a node. Now, nodes that enhance, you gotta think about Castleman's, certain metastases like renal cell. It's not a good location for thymus. Lymphoma, just that one thing, unlikely. Now, you could say, well, maybe if I gave you all the scans, this comes from the thyroid. Could this be accessory thyroid tissue? Could this be thyroid hanging down? But I'll tell you, it was separate from the thyroid. So you ask the question, what else could be? What else can we see in that mediastinum? Higher density, and particularly if this patient had additional symptoms related to bone, this was um, related to the parathyroid glands. This was an ectopic parathyroid adenoma. Remember, parathyroid adenomas most commonly in the, within the thyroid, but can be in the mediastinum tracking down anteriorly or in the paratracheal zone. Uh, they track along the course of the thyroid as it goes upward in embryologic development. They can be very vascular. They can have calcifications. Ectopic parathyroid thyroid adenoma was a great diagnosis. Now this case, a patient with chest pain, there's a lesion either in the right chest wall or in the right lung growing into the chest. And then when you look at it on the axial images, it's very dense, it's denser than bone. It has what looks like a spiculated appearance, a starburst appearance. It's not coming from the soft tissue. It really looks like it's primary bone. What lesions can be this bright? Remember, there's a non-contrast CT. We're not dealing with enhancement here. This is classic. It's rare, but it's an osteosarcoma of rib number five. Rib number one to 12, any of the ribs, it looks the same. You can get osteosarcomas of flat bones like ribs, which this was. A very unusual presentation in a bit older patient. Obviously, osteosarcomas usually in long bones. Think the knee as a good example, but beautiful example of a rib primary osteosarcoma. Now, I'm showing this case, and I mentioned this yesterday just to show it. I showed it to Stefan Zimmerman. This was read, not by us, of course, we would never say something crazy like this, as a dissection, the patient was gonna to go to surgery. When you look at the ascending aorta, you can understand why someone thought about a dissection, but if you look carefully, there's a flap going into the pulmonary artery. You need to be very careful when you don't have gated acquisitions. A little bit of motion can go a long way into simulating a dissection. One of the things that we know that helps us is as in this case, 
when you have a fake flap, when it's a pseudo dissection, the flap often goes beyond the aorta, as in this case involves the pulmonary artery. And you can see in the abdomen, it's hard to see the aorta as well. Lots of motion, the patient wasn't cooperative. Study was redone, it was gated. Look how beautiful the ascending aorta is. Look how beautiful the abdominal aorta is. There's no aneurysm, there's no dissection, there's nothing to do anything about. And we've seen a number of cases where patients are said to have type A dissections and it's simply motion in the ascending aorta. You need to be very, very careful not to make that mistake. Also, of course, you don't want to blow off a dissection and say, oh, it's motion. So you can make mistakes either way. Gating really goes a long way in looking at the anterior metastinum. And here's just, a, just showing you that again. Do not make that mistake. Another case, fever and IV drug abuse, multiple cavitary lesions, mainly peripheral. Some are cavitated, as we mentioned. Some have air fluid levels, particularly in the left upper lobe. Just a beautiful example. So what gives you cavitary lesions? Now you could say, well, metastatic disease, choriocarcinoma. But when you have peripheral cavitary lesions, often larger with air fluid levels, you have to be thinking about something seeding the lungs. An IV drug abuser, without thinking hard, you always say septic emboli. Septic emboli can be a challenging diagnosis. Sometimes you see a vessel feeding the cavitary region. Sometimes you don't. It can be single, but as in this case, and as in most cases, is multiple. A beautiful example of endocarditis with septic emboli in a patient with a history of IV drug abuse. Well, those were seven cases. I'll tell you, if you were at the talk yesterday, I gave stuff on pancreas, I gave stuff also on adrenal. You would have seen those cases as well, and I had more chest cases. We go for an hour, not for but 15 minutes. But someday, maybe you too will join our staff and be able to sit through our talks on Wednesday. I mean, I shouldn't say the word sit through, I think they're a lot of fun. But hopefully, we take this opportunity to share this with you. If you want to see more cases, if you'd like to see more things, just let me know, and we'll see you soon. So with that, I hope you have a great day.